Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Radio Bait podcast, recorded live as always from Fresno University here in Uxbridge. Uh, apologies that there was no show uh, last week. There were some technical difficulties um, at our end, which meant that we couldn't record a show. Uh, but this week, all, it's all been resolved. We're recording a show. We're back. Um, and this week, I'm joined by Ahmed Mansour. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, how's your summer been? Uh, it's been quite productive, uh, to say the least, especially if considering it's the, you know, the summer period uh, just before last year. So you kind of, kind of have to, you know, plan out your dissertation bits and all of that. Um, just been working a lot. Uh, been trying to do a, um, stuff for portfolio uh, that we can use this year. Um, but apart from that, so uh, yes, it's, it's been quite productive in that sense. What about you? Yeah, no, been busy, been working, done lots of work, mm. uh, lots of work experience placements. Where did you do it? Uh, I did placements of Talk Sport and Watford Observer, and I had a little mm. bit of a part time job over the summer, which I did, oh, which was good, and I got paid. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, was busy, but uh, glad to be back to doing things. Um, so, to kick off this show this week, we're going to be talking about uh, prices of um, food and, and prices of uh, sports clubs and gyms so prices in general on university campuses now at Brunel uh, this year where, where we we're currently studying they they've got rid of um, all the sports clubs fees so if you want to play tennis football basketball uh, whatever then you don't have to pay a membership fee to, to join up um, but if we want to for, for paying for food and and going to the gym um, we do have to pay, and, and in some places on campus, it, it's quite pricey. I mean, in, in one store on campus, uh, a coffee and a panini or, or a sandwich or something like that is £7, and that seems quite a lot to me. So uh, we were going to discuss about what we think about this and, and what maybe should be done. So, Ahmed, what do you think about um, the prices of, of products um, on campus at universities? Um, well, I mean... Considering we are um, students and you know we just get into their um, adulthood, where we you know are expected to manage our finances properly, um, which doesn't really happen as such. Uh, you know the first thing that pe- comes to people's mind is you know going out, um, drinking, uh, you know going around with mates and so on and so forth, buying clothes, you know buying um, expensive things, uh, things that they've kind of been limited in the previous years in you know during college years or you know secondary school years they kind of just want to go all out especially um you know that especially the fact that when they come come out to like a different area uh, away from home you know they kind of feel a bit free from all restrictions so i think there's that very um there needs to be a focus on trying to reduce prices for these students because it kind of puts them in in like a difficult situation where they have to buy the food that's there um but at the same time, you know, the prices are so high. Um, I think, from example, like, like you said on the paninis of the sandwiches and stuff, they don't cost less than £3 on their own. Um, you know, typically, you'd want something to drink, maybe something sweet as well, um, to eat. And, you know, people spend a lot of money. Um, every day, almost £10 gets spent. If this is solely on one meal, I'd say. Um, and you know, apart from that, people like coffees. They they can't. Some people can't really survive without it. Um, you know, doing their assignments and all the all the difficult work. 
Um, so I'd definitely say that there needs to be something done um, in terms of reducing prices um, to something a little bit more acceptable um, that students can, you know, actually pay for and, you know, maybe have some sort of healthy food or, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there needs to be something done. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's daylight robbery to be to be charging students seven quid for, for just a, sa- a measly sandwich or panini and and, and a drink. Like that's that's rivaling that's that's in some cases more expensive than high high street prices. Mm. You could walk into if you had the time, you could walk into the nearest town. Like we could walk into Uxbridge and get something from I don't know yeah. somewhere like Wenzel's or Greg's mm. for for half the price. So it is it's the fact that universities are in a good position and it seems like they're making enough money as it is and they're charging students even more for for necessities but we need like some places on campus aren't bad like there's some somewhere on campus where you can get um i saw something like a sandwich a drink and like a a snack for four quids and that 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 is something that needs to be um brought in a lot more because it's if you're buying a sandwich and a drink every day and you're paying seven pounds that's that's what over that's thirty five quid a week nearly, which is which is a lot of money for students considering that some will be driving in, so you're paying to get on a bus or a train or if you drive in then you're paying petrol costs. Um you might be paying for for books for your for your studies. You might be paying for um I don't know, like uh, accommodation if you're staying on campus. And it all adds up, and it seems unfair that um, that 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 people are that are paying such expensive prices for necessities like food. I I thought possibly that prices would go down. So when I when I came back and saw that they'd gone up, I was quite surprised really. And it it's I think it's it's really unsuitable that. Uh, universities in in some places are, are all, all these shops at universities are charging such ridiculous amounts of money because nearly it's it's practically high street prices and in some cases more expensive really. I think you could you could potentially um, also you know look at other areas uh, in regards to pricing. Only I don't I can talk from experience um, and I've paid uh, what was it ninety three pounds. Um, for a annual parking permit. Now, this parking permit, you know, it's a fair enough uh, price for the year, uh, the past, you know, it's valid until end of August or September or something uh, next year. But the point is, you don't get a guaranteed parking space. Mm. Now, people like me who travel from quite far away, um, they're going to have a lot of difficulty to try and find one. Um, and also, you know, it's not, it's not, limited to these these areas there's other stuff as well um you know like we used to have the fees for the clubs now that's a good thing that we don't anymore um because it's going to encourage people to um join i I know that from experience too because i remember the first year when we joined um i was signing up to a couple of clubs and then when i saw the prices i thought you know what let's just not do that Mm. um and that's you know kind of deterred me off actually going and joining something you know um, so I think that will help uh, now in terms of people, you know, being a little bit more fitter and healthier, going out and um, getting out, out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in regards to food, you know, I don't know how far the Lidl is from here, but it, it is a bit of a walk. Um, 
that has lower prices than on campus. Um, and you know, I've seen people people are potentially willing to go that far away than have to stay on campus and pay this much for their food. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I I mean, I I've talked about signing up to the gym on campus for the past couple of years, and this year I I finally did it. I was I got in the mode. I've been motivated, mm. and I finally did it. And I paid uh, during Freshers Week. It was reduced to one hundred and ninety pounds, and for up till the end of May. And I can use that any time I want, apart from six to eight o'clock at night. Um, but I've seen um, the union are campaigning for potentially a, a monthly, a pay monthly option, which would be a good idea, because some people don't have, a lot of people won't have the funds to to pay that sum up front, because mm. uh, two hundred, two hundred pounds is is a lot of money to pay up front, and some. Or quite a few won't have that won't have the money to to pay that up front, and a lot of people do want to go to the gym. Some people want to get want to get fit, um, and outside of lectures, it's a it's a good opportunity for you to, for you to to take your mind off things and to and to be active. So, I think that a pay monthly option or, or reduced gym prices needs to be thought about as well because if there was um, like uh, at Brunel, there's there's some great facilities available for us t- to use, and if if it was obviously we expect to pay a little bit of money, but if there was if it was reduced prices, and I think a lot more people would would take up the option to use and things like using the gym, like using some of the sports facilities. Um, I think a lot of people would would pay to use them, and a lot of a lot of people would use them a lot more really. Um, I think it's interesting you mention um, the the gym prices because the the gym I go to is literally called the gym, um, and I'm paying about eighteen pounds a month for it, and that's at the student rate. Uh, so you pay like a, an upfront fee of what twenty pounds, twenty five pounds, and then after that it's a rolling monthly contract, um, in which you can cancel it at any point. Uh, you can freeze your membership for five pounds. Um, and then reactivate it whenever you need to. So it gives that flexibility of if I'm running out of money, I can stop it for a bit and then come back to it again. So you know this sort of thing. If they if it's a little bit more centric for students, if they if they you know keep that in mind when they keep their prices, uh, not just for gyms. If they keep this sort of thing in mind for prices for food or prices for any other thing um, around campus as well, I think it would be great great help too all prospective students and mm. I think that would probably be something that entices them a lot more to actually join the uni especially on open days and induction days and not really induction days as such but you know when people come and visit the uni um, so yeah definitely yeah I think um, certainly this year they've, they've opened a lot more there's a lot more choice on campus now certainly at Brunel we can we can go and get pizza or um, some of our friends today uh, we're having salads and um and other bits and pieces so there's a lot more variety now and in some places they have reduced the prices which is good but others it's gone up and it seems quite unfair that they're 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 charging such prices because it all adds up all adds up um and um it just seems like universities are in a good position to to sort it out and reduce prices and i think that needs to be considered really um as well as like what's been spoken about this week with Theresa May talking about freezing tuition fees um, that's a start but similar to that I think more needs to be done in terms of the prices of food on campus at universities because students often being left out of pocket 
um, and which means they can't afford to, to if they're staying on campus, you can't afford maybe to buy that extra bit of um, shopping or extra books or extra necessities that you may need and, and some who maybe have a house off campus they might not be able to afford to pay the bills because they're paying so much money for food so I think it's an issue that needs to be addressed um, and it seems quite unfair that um, students are after paying a lot of money to, to, to use necessities like um, buying food on campus going to the gym using sports clubs so I think it's certainly something that needs to be considered, needs to be thought about, um, and if whether it's things like meal deals or or deals where if you buy a coffee you get one free. I think all of that needs to be considered, and if it was bought in, I think it would be a huge hit. And I think a lot. I think these places would see a lot more business than they already have done already, which would be good for for campus, but good for students as well because it'd be another opportunity for. Uh, for more social activities as well so uh, I feel that's definitely something that mm. needs to be brought in yeah, um, yeah. just before we move on to our next topic today a quick reminder of our social media channels you can follow us on at Radio Bay on Twitter on Facebook iTunes Facebook and YouTube you can follow or you can find us just by searching Radio Bait um, SoundCloud as well if you just put in Radio Bait then you'll find us um, our our website is radiobait.wordpress.com uh, and if you want to get in touch or send us an email you can do so by emailing us on radiobait at gmail.com also just before we move on to our next topic um, here at Brunel um, our classmates with third year journalism students have set up our own um, website called IKB Insider um, so if you fancy reading some news written by students um things like fashion, news, um, there's been articles on there elaborating on what we've spoken upon today about prices on campus. Um, if you if you want to listen to some radio or some entertainment or some arts um, written by students for students, then head over to IKB Insider. You can find them on Twitter and Facebook and, and online for their website. So if you fancy reading some news, uh, bought by students for students um, then head over to, to their social media channels and have a quick browse um, so our second topic this week we're going to discuss a national issue um, and it's, it was brought in a couple of weeks ago but Uber have um, have, have had their licence um, revoked um, by by TFL um, which me, their licence did expire on the 30th of September but they have Uber have appealed, and I believe that they can operate for another year, up, up to another year, whilst that appeal is listened to. So, um, just some stats on, on Uber: um, 3.5 million passengers and 40,000 drivers use the Uber app in London, and uh, more than 500,000 people have signed the petition started by Uber to urge TfL to reverse its decision not to renew its license. Um, TfL said that. Uber, Uber could not hold its private uh, hire license anymore due to public safety and security. Um, and TfL's concerns um, includes Uber's approach to, to background checks on drivers and reporting serious criminal offences. Um, so it is, an, it is um, something that has been controversial among students because a lot of students ha- do use Uber. Um, Theresa May did criticise um, TfL's decision this week. 
um, saying it was disproportionate um, and it will hamper the transport body's efforts to, to ring concessions. Um, so, Ahmed, what do you think about uh, this decision about Uber? Um, well, I mean, there's always two sides to the story. This is quite quite a messy one, I'd say. Um, purely due to the fact that, like you mentioned, it's, you know, supposedly not very good with, um, you know, um, looking at um, criminal activity or quite dangerous, you know, just general background checks of drivers, um, which is, I suppose, true to an extent because it doesn't have that level of transparency. Um, all you need to do is just sign up, go visit them at the assessment centre, and you're more or less a driver. But the extensive checks they need to, uh, you know, need to have before a job in general, um, I think maybe that's the what that area that Uber's lacking in that really, you know, um, made an impact in this sort of decision. Uh, but at the same time, you you kind of need to look at the benefits. It, without Uber, I think there's there's this level of efficiency that UK was able to, or rather London was able to achieve. Um, and I think that it's it was that element of supply and demand. Uh, you know, people like you mentioned, three point five million users, I believe you said. Mm. They, you know, it was an element of, we need a ride to this place from A to B. Let's press this button and our cab arrives. So it kind of got rid of the whole need to phone up a cab booth to get, you know, to arrange a taxi. People would then come and pick us up. Uh, you know, depending on where we are, who'd have to find us, that sort of thing. Mm. Whereas with Uber, you've got your account, you've got your name, you've got a picture of the driver. Uh, they know who you are, you know who they are, they'll just come and pick you up. So I think you really fulfilled that demand in that way. And it was just, I've I've personally experienced so many people simply just getting in and out of cabs straight away. I've seen people use the app. It was, I think I'd say it was one of the most productive things that that has ever happened here in London. Um, that being said, um, you know, like you mentioned, not reporting dangerous criminal activity, it's kind of self-explanatory self as to why it would lose its license. Uh, but again, I suppose in the appeal process, there is something that maybe Uber does to you know, improve that transparency to make sure that it's safe for people to use. Um, I know that there, there are some issues in terms of uh, you know, not giving the drivers um, holiday pay or you know, holiday time off and so on and so forth. You know, these, these sorts of requirements are generally required, I believe, by law uh, in most workplaces. Um, at the same time, you know, people do say that you know, it's uh, kind of um, messing up their business for black cabs and other private hire uh, drivers, uh, which I suppose to an extent is fair enough as well. Um, the only thing is, like I said, supply and demand. If, if you know, a a company or an organisation has come up that you know is a little bit more efficient, that is a more uh, valued by people, then you know it is going to go up and it's going to get be more popular with people. So yeah. mm. well, I've I've never used Uber myself, mm. um, but I have heard a few stories, both good and bad. I mean, a friend of mine was saying the other day that. Um, he just missed a bus home or something like eight o'clock at night, eight or nine o'clock at night, and he had to wait half an hour for another one. So he whipped out his his phone and and got on Uber, and within one minute his taxi was there, mm. which is ridiculous. But then I have heard some um, negative stories about them, like the driving standards and and um, obviously safety concerns. I have heard a few things about that as well. Um, but um, obviously, it's popular among students because it's it's quite it's quite cheap. It's been cheaper than 
flat cabs and and um, local mini cab services. Mm. But just playing devil's advocate here, but surely is it isn't it a good thing that that TfL are are looking at the standards of, of driving and and have got the um, safety of the commuter at heart, and they're they're doing all they can to keep London is safe. Surely that's a good thing. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're, I agree with what you're saying. The only thing is, surely if if this these concerns were raised uh, a period ago, um, they should have been investigated there and then. As soon as you know they got the allegations off, um, you know all this, all this, all the stuff that Uber's facing at the moment, uh, they should have investigated it there and then, ra- rather than having to wait until the end of um, their licensing period. Um, because it's, it's one thing to say, you know, your license is over, we're not going to renew it anymore. Uh, and there's another to actually you know stop them in the tracks and go you know what you need to sort yourself out um but i, I don't know i don't know what approach tfl is going to take to this it, i have to admit it will it will decrease the efficiency in the city if people then have to start using other other alternative methods you know there's all sorts of issues tied with that as well but you know it's it's just it's just one of those things that we're going to have to wait until what the appeal comes out to be mm. um but that being said i know there are a lot of you know personal issues as well um, that you can sort of relate this to. Um, I know a lot of friends whose parents work um, for Uber, uh, and they have been for you know for a good part now, a good, a good part of the last year. You know, some for more than a year, um, and yeah, it will it will impact them um, in negatively as well. Um, I'm not sure to what extent it will be. Again, this will be something that we find out after the appeal, but um, I know we'll, we'll we'll have a look and we'll see what happens. Obviously, I suppose one of the good things about Uber is that when you do book book one, you know who's coming, what price you're paying, mm. um, and when it's going to arrive. Whilst in my experiences with with some taxi companies, like obviously, I'm not a party animal. I'm a boring guy, really. <laughs> um, but um, when I have booked taxis, sometimes you speak to the cab office and they'll quote you one price, yeah. and then when the taxi driver takes you home and drops you off. He'll charge you a completely different, different price, yeah, yeah. and there might be some firms where you'll ring up and they'll charge you, I don't know, thirty thirty pounds, and you'll ring up another one and they're charging twenty five pounds, mm. and obviously you're gonna go with the cheapest one. So it seems a bit unfair, so, certainly in some experiences that um, other other cab companies are charging different prices. Mm. And I suppose one of the good things of Uber is that you know how much you're paying, um, you know who's coming. Um, you know what car they're in, you know um, when they'll be arriving, um, So and you know that in some cases you might not have to wait long either because when, we're, when we've had a long day at work, all we want to do is we want to get home, we want to mm. go, we want to eat, we want to watch, I don't know, we want to watch EastEnders or, mm. or all of that. Yeah. Um, so I it's think, I think it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that um, because, you know, it's it's weird... Now, rewind back to um, you know the two thousand something whenever iPhone came out. Everyone used to have you know the old style of flip out handsets or the sliding ones or you know that sort of thing. As soon as they I still iPhone, do, well, a lot of people still do. To be fair, yeah. Um, I have a Nokia. No, I don't. <laughs> you got a Samsung <laughs> now. <laughs> um, a lot of people, m- the majority of people, used to have these old style handsets, which were you know useful for the time that they, w- they were there. And you know, fast forward to when the iPhone came out, the second one, third, fourth, fifth, 
now more or less most people have an iPhone or an Android based device one that suits the needs to browse YouTube uh, browse the internet you know log on to their banking system uh, order an Uber anything else like that um, is all done through the iPhones or Android phones that was that's something that you know it's it's people moving up with the times it's kind of um, you know you moving along with whatever new technology that's coming out there so in that sense I suppose you could compare it to you know mini cabs or black cabs to uber you know it's fulfilling that demand um, that instant need for a cab to or that instant need for a transport method to get from A to B um, and I suppose if if you know that like I said before as well the sign-up system with the uber isn't that difficult um, obviously now it's, it's in a bit of a trouble but for when it was a lot of people did sign up just purely because of the fact that they moved on from what what you know minute cab company they were working for for um, so if people you know had that sort of approach where they where they switch from where they are and try to become part of it I suppose um, and just move along with the times but yeah it's, it's interesting what you say there about the instant need to to um like you've got your iPhones now, we can look and look at news. We can book an Uber and whatever. Yeah. But also, you can you've got all these food apps, so you can go on and you can you can order a pizza or whatever food you want and get it delivered to your door. That's actually that's funny. An inst- that's an instant. You've got that instant need for that. Like yeah. so, like the Just Eat ad says, "Oh, we need a balti. We need a balti in half an hour or whatever." Then you can you can order a curry mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or any food you want, and you can get that within half an hour. But it seems like now that everything is going towards our phones and, and it's going to come to the point now where eventually we're going to be able to do anything we want using our phones. Like mm. We can pay using our phones now. We can book a taxi or, or uh, book a restaurant for our phones. We can book a taxi for our phones. You can book everything. You can Literally, book everything. It's, it's quite funny that you mentioned the ordering one because Uber actually does something called Uber Eats. Where it delivers food for most. You've got you know, Deliveroo as well now. Deliveroo, you know all these companies they do. The uh, thing is, this is what this is where it comes back to again, where people just want that instant demand of whatever it is. If you if you're sitting at home, you feel like you want you want some Chinese food or anything like that, you can just order it and it'll come to you instead of you having to go there. And you know it's, it's at the same time. Um, funny enough, at Brunel we've got um, this thing called Finger Go. What was it? Uh, yeah. Something. Pay using your finger. Yeah. It's all a bit complicated it, to me. Uh, y- it's really just uh, fingerprints, isn't it? I used that either at my school. When I was at school, mm. I had um, we had fingerprint machines, and you used to, uh, if you wanted to buy school dinners or uh, a coffee or uh, drinks, you would pay using your finger, and you would have machines around the ground floor where you would top it up. But yeah. there were obviously some people who didn't want to use fingerprint machines for some reason. But um, yeah, they've got that now, but it's all a bit complicated it, for me. It, Bring it, back it, Nokia's. Bring back the Nokia brick. They were actually quite useful. They were really reliable as well, to be honest. Uh, but my no, dad you, still has one. I think when you mentioned about uh, mentioned the whole you know fingerprint system and you know you used to use that at your school. Now that Brunel's trying, I, I don't know how whether this is sponsored by Brunel or whether this is like an external you know company just starting off here. But either way, it's going into the future. It's exciting times ahead. Like it's funny enough because we met, we spoke about this in our lecture today, um, which is a module uh, titled "Journalism in the Digital Age," um, and we spoke about um, how journalism is moving forward as as you know, like a concept. How it beca- it uses different methods of um, media to 
you know get people involved so things like virtual reality 360 degrees uh, filming that gives like a submerged uh, reality for the viewer so it gets them completely involved and cut off from everything else apart from what they're showing um, so yeah I think it's it's quite interesting because you know coming on from where uber is and onto this it's it's going so far into the future that we're gonna end up you know cutting off things from from uh, you know the the period of 2000s or 90s or so on which is to an extent it's quite um bad i'd say because you know um um last week i believe or two weeks ago there was uh, an article came out that cambridge uni i think was it um who were gonna do um typed exams as opposed to i think it was cambridge if i'm if i'm not wrong um because people's handwriting were atrocious um but we do and um Brit um typed exams as well we do but i think to completely eliminate them is one thing and to do some um is another because if we kind of end up you know getting rid of writing altogether then what good what good is that uh but i, th- I don't know it's, it's a weird one so we'll see how yeah i i think i'm <laughs> it's strange because I'm kind of in the middle of this. On one hand, I think it's it's bad because of um, it takes out the competitiveness. Mm. The fact that um, it, competition is always good. Like when you had the black cabs, you have mini cabs, and you had Uber, all kind of competing. And competition is always good, no matter whether the other companies don't like it. And also the fact that we are in 2017. Um, we're making advanced steps with technology now and it's coming to a point where eventually we will have everything we want on our mobile phones mm, so yeah. on one hand I think it's bad but on the other hand then you've got obviously the, the safety concerns I think it's good that TfL have the safety of um, commuters at their heart and also the black cabs you know when you when you when you hear of um, when when you speak to someone coming from another country one of the first things they want to do is ride in, in a black cab. It's what one of London's are synonymous for. Tourism, exactly, tourism. Yeah. And for me, it would be a great shame if, if the black cabs did did die out because they are a, um, a truly British kind of institution. And they're iconic, aren't they? They're iconic. Like, in America, you've got the yellow cabs mm. and, and things like that. So it's one of the, one of the main things that people associate with England. Mm. So I've, I, it's, it's tricky because... I kind I'm kind of in the middle here. I kind of seen both sides of the argument, yeah, yeah. and I think we need to understand more before I can make a full judgment on it. But um, yeah, it seems like every every day we're gonna uh, more every every day we're we're using our phones more and more. It's coming to the point now where we'll be able to use anything we want for our phones. Um, mm. And I think it's a weird one because surely if if Uber was to fulfil the demands that TfL lays out you know in- including all the safety elements and so on and so forth surely that means that or should mean at least that they um can get their license to operate again but you know th- i don't know whether there's what sort of what's going on in tfl's minds i suppose um so it'll only, only be a matter of time until we find out i don't know but there's there's room now in the market armage you know you've got the perfect car <laughs> you've got a perfect car you Pe- could you could start up your own People don't always use Priuses for Uber. Well, they do. <laughs> you do. Well, you got a perfect car, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I think I'd rather focus on. You could give people Jeremy. lifts, you know. Hint, hint. <laughs> hint, hint. 
Yeah, we're uh, we're coming towards the end of uh, the Radio Bait podcast this week. Thank you very much for for tuning in. Just before we go, a quick reminder of our social media channels. Follow us on Twitter on at Radio Bait. You can find us through Facebook, iTunes, um, YouTube, uh, and SoundCloud by searching Radio Bait. Um, visit our website radioboat.wordpress.com you can send us an email on radioboat at gmail.com and also a quick shout out once again to IKB Insider um, go on there and and um, have a look at, at articles written by students for students a lot of our class worked very hard on this week and uh, shout out to Nikki and Steve for, for setting up the idea mm. um, but thank you for Ahmed for, for joining me this week um, and we'll be back next week with another fantastic show, I'm sure. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Au revoir.